When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. Hey, everybody, it's Don LaGreca with the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. Hopefully, everybody had a lot of great food, enjoyed Thanksgiving, enjoyed some football, and now we can get back to some hockey. Now, full disclosure, I did not intend to do a podcast here on Friday because... Listen, it's the day after Thanksgiving. We've got early games with the Rangers taking on the Bruins at 1 o'clock. And if you're listening to this, you might have already known what the outcome is. Hopefully it went the way your team uh, needed to play. And hopefully you got what you wanted out of your favorite team. And there's a slew of games on tonight and all weekend long. But more importantly than that, to give you the more information on why I wasn't going to do a podcast is because I've got the Ranger game to deal with at 1 o'clock, and then I'm doing the Michael K. show. So I figured, and I even said it to you guys on Wednesday, that we'll be back with you again on Monday with no podcast. But we had this great opportunity, and I thought it would be perfect for game misconduct. We had a chance to tape an interview with Mark Messier, and we were going to use it for the K show. We were going to use it for the Rangers pre and post game show. But then I said, you know what? I'm getting a chance to do the interview. So let's put it up in its entirety on the podcast. So let's dive into it. He's an author, of course. No one wins alone. He does a great job on television with ESPN and ABC. And, of course, one of the greatest hockey players of all time. Why wouldn't you want to talk to Mark Messier? And I had a chance to do that earlier today. Mark, it's Don LaGreca. Happy Thanksgiving. How are you? Good to be with you, Don. So it sounds like you really uh, have a bunch of stuff going on on uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, being a dual citizen, I get to celebrate Thanksgiving twice. So uh, I get three turkeys this year, uh, two on Thanksgiving for Canadian U.S. and, of course, uh, Christmas. So I'm uh, I'm, I'm turkey full. <laughs> there you go. So you can handle it for sure. Because you handle everything else so well. you got so much on your plate, literally and figuratively. You've got the book. Uh, no one wins alone. We'll get into that in just a bit. And of course, you're a member of our ESPN family, getting a chance to work all these hockey games here on the young season. And of course, we've got a big game coming up between the Rangers and the Bruins. We'll talk about that at one o'clock on ABC. And then I'll be followed on ESPN Plus with a couple of games at 3.30 with the Blues at the Blackhawks. And then at 6 o'clock, the Devils and the Predators. And 27 games this weekend, hockey coverage on ESPN on ESPN Plus. And if you want ESPN Plus, go to ESPNPlus.com. That's ESPNPLUS.com to sign up. It's real easy. It's tremendous. And how are you finding the television? Is it fun? Uh, I have been uh, really enjoying it. Uh, obviously, uh, Steve Levy, John Butchergrass, Chris Chelios, but all the people behind the cameras that nobody ever gets a chance to see uh, have been so helpful. Uh, they've really eased Chris and I in. I think the thing that sticks out for me the most uh, uh, joining the ESPN crew and team is the, the passion that is there for hockey. I think uh, uh, they really missed it. Uh, they're so happy to get it back, and uh, you go into the studio and on game day, uh, there's a good, good, good energy, good vibe. Everybody's excited. You know, they're really working hard uh, before the season started up uh, to get themselves organized and build the teams to bring the team, bring the games into our fans' uh, family rooms. And uh, you know, I, I, I 
I take it uh, very seriously, obviously, to do a good job. Uh, got a lot to learn, but uh, I'm really enjoying uh, the experience and, most importantly, enjoying the people I'm working with. Listen, you know the game inside and out, but there's been so many changes really since coming out of the lockout with the elimination of the red line, less clutching and grabbing than when you played. And even that was 15 years ago. So now as you develop and watch where this game is, are you happy with the direction the sport has gone? Oh, I, I, I think it's been an incredible product on the ice. Uh, just from a, a talent standpoint alone, I'm not sure if I, – I think I say it every year, but there seems to be more and more talent every time I turn around. Uh, every team has a superstar, it seems. Every team is loaded with talent. Uh, you know, the skill level of the players is far superior than when we played, obviously. The game is getting better in that regard. Training's better. Uh, the 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 training techniques, both physically and mentally, are are much more advanced. Uh, we brought in technology into our game in so many different ways. So, um, yeah, I love the way the game is right now. You know, I think the game taking out the clutching and grabbing, and mm-hmm. you know, bringing the game backwards instead of pushing it forward was a huge step in the right direction. That uh, we really brought the speed and skill back to the game, which is in the end is really what makes our game so exciting: is the speed, the skill. Uh, the intensity, the physicalness of the game. Um, so, um, to me, I look at the game. I watch a game as a fan. I watch a game as a analyst. I watch a game uh, in so many different ways. That uh, and I and I think the game is awesome right now. You know, when you look at basketball, which sells the stars, I think better than any other sport. Like the other sports, at least football aside. But like baseball and hockey was always, well, we got to put the Rangers on, we got to put the Blackhawks on, we've got to put those original six matchups on. But do you think we've gotten to the point now, and I, you're seeing it with ESPN a little bit, like forget about the, the matchups. We got to get Connor McDavid on TV. We got to get Sidney Crosby on TV. We've got to be able to get and feature this young talent. Do, do you see it to the point now where maybe it's less about the matchups and the tradition and now just trying to expose these amazing stars the sport's been able to produce over the last few years. And, and the good news is, is that we got a lot of stars spread out throughout the league. So uh, you're, not, you're not narrowing it down to five or six teams anymore. Right. There's a lot of great stories out there. There's a lot of great teams out there. You're even going down to Tampa Bay, back-to-back champions. Uh, all the teams down south on the West Coast. Um, so, you know, I think the hardest thing that we have in our sport is that it is such a team sport. In order to win, you know, you need everybody in order to win. You know, basketball, the best player might play 45 to 48 minutes, you know. Uh, in hockey, uh, you know, a defenseman might play, you know, 30 of the 60. Uh, a forward, maybe, you know, 27, 28 minutes on a, on a, on a heavy night. But uh, So you really have to, um, uh, you know, for me, the best thing about hockey is that in order to win, uh, you need a complete team um uh, you know, mm-hmm. the team itself has to do the work, not the one individual. The team puts the one individual, the superstar that you're talking about, Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, the team puts those those players, or those types of players in position to make a big play at the right time. But without the team behind them, uh, like <laughs> the foot says, nobody can win alone. Yeah, we're talking to Mark Messier. He's got a book out. He's working television. So much to get into with Mark here today. We appreciate it. Give us a couple of minutes of the day after Thanksgiving. You know, close to your heart, the Rangers, but also the Edmonton Oilers. And to see them and the uh, the resurgence of the Oilers and specifically what McDavid and Dreisaitl have been able to do, two of the best players in this league, where do they compare to some of the players that you played with? 
remarkable. Um, I think what they're doing in today's game where we know that goals have been ca- come harder, harder to come by, um, it's incredible what they're doing. Uh, they're playing on a level that you know we haven't seen in a, in a long time, and to have two of them on the same team is is pretty remarkable. Um, and I think that uh, you know the way Edmonton's going right now, and uh, Skinner coming in and goal and, and kind of helping them in that area has really helped. Darnell Nurse, obviously a huge uh, contributor on the back end, uh, big strong kid that can play the, you know those thirty minutes that we talked about that every Stanley Cup team needs. And um, it's great to see. It's great for the game. It's so exciting. Uh, those guys, three and three, and when it gets to overtime, is. <laughs> Yeah. You know, everybody's on the edge of the seat watching that. And uh, so I really like uh, where Edmonton's going. They've uh, got off to a great start. Um, you know, you can't get these points back, you know, once the once the season gets further along. And I always thought that if you could get to the 40-game mark, 10 games over 500, and uh, then play the rest of the 40, even at 500, you're still going to make the, the playoffs. Um, that should get you into the playoffs. And uh, it's one thing to make the playoffs, but it's another thing to make the playoffs rested. So you got to mm-hmm. get out in front of the of the curve early in the first forty games. Try to stay healthy as, as you can in the last forty. Make the playoffs, and then anybody that as we've seen gets into the playoffs has a chance to win nowadays. Now the first game today, that original six matchup between the Bruins and the Rangers, and we're talking about the young players, Mark. But maybe one of the best combinations we've seen in a long time, coming from the veteran side is Marshawn and Bergeron. And it's amazing how long they've been able to do it, the chemistry. How do you feel about those two and how they play together? Well, they're world-class players. Uh, You know, anytime you can make Team Canada, you are an elite player in the league. Uh, You know, the talent pool that Canada has, and for the players to make Team Canada, you know that you have a complete game. You're a smart player. You're a skilled player. You're a team guy. You have character. You have grit. You have determination. Those are all the intangible things that uh, separate the players that make Team Canada from those that don't. And unfortunately, we can only take, you know, 20, 25 guys on that roster. So I'm not saying there are other, aren't other teams that have those qualities, but that that team, in my opinion, really separates the uh, the elite players in, in the league. And uh, they are both uh, huge contributors to Team Canada in the last few Olympics. Um, and... Uh, you know, to your point, they've been doing it for so long. Uh, the chemistry that they have together on the ice, uh, and um, I think it's always for me when you look at players like that, as they make players around them better. That's always a good indicator of a great player is how they're able to take the team around them, take individual players around them, make them better, show them, lead them. Um, you know, show them what it's like to be a professional, and those guys are are doing it. Uh, Marshawn is uh, incredible to go in there and play with uh, Sidney Crosby at that level and not miss a beat and actually make Crosby better is a good indicator of what the talent level those two guys have. And the Rangers, they kind of revamped their roster, tried to get tougher. Uh, brand new coach in Gerard Gallant off to a, a good start so far this uh, year, third place in the Metropolitan Division. What do you like about them so far this season? Well, I think the whole tougher thing got a little bit overblown. I think you have to have a diverse lineup. You have to have some grit, and, and uh, you have to have some heaviness on the on the uh, you know the bottom six, if you will, in your roster. You got to be able to win a lot of different ways, and I think the Rangers have set themselves up to be able to do that. You know, it looks like they got a world class goalie in Shesterkin, 
Uh, there's no question his track record, and he's trending in the same direction he has his whole career. Uh, they got Norris Trophy winner and Fox in the back end that, you know, every seems like every Stanley Cup champion team has had one in the last uh, 10 years or whatever. Uh, I know we had one here in 94 with Brian Leach, so that's good. They got a world-class uh, winger with Panarin. They got a lot of young guys that are starting to kind of find their way and their footing in the league, and, um, and they can score. So when you start really adding the things that they've mm-hmm. – put together in New York, uh, they do have a lot of depth. They do have a lot of diversity. They are offensive. They can score. And I think the uh, the, the real uh, surprise, maybe not even a surprise, is Keandre Miller. Um, what an incredible defenseman. Unbelievable amount of mobility. Um, covers a lot of ground. So subtle in the way he defends. Uh, tremendous hockey player in every way. So, you know, you as Lou Lamorello says, from you know, you're built from the back end out. Uh, they got the goaltending. Looks like the defense is being really stabilized with Chuba and the Youngs and Fox mm-hmm. and Keandre Miller, and uh, you know, and then they got the scoring up front. So I like the Rangers right now. I actually they were my uh, dark horse pick to win the division. Uh, yes, they're proving me pretty good. They're per- they're proving <laughs> me pretty good right now so far. Uh, so we'll let's wait and see if they can hang on to the rope the rest of the season. Yeah, I saw you took a little heat for that, but stand by it. And so far, it looks like it's not that uh, that far off. Kako and Lafoniere, a lot of pressure on them. You know how it is in New York. Expectations for Kako being the number two pick, Lafoniere being the number one. Do you like what you see so far? Do you see potential in those two players, Mark? Oh, it's huge potential. It's a hard league. I mean, you got the best players in the world. So let's not forget these guys are coming in at 18, 19 years old, and they're playing against other players that are excellent with a lot more maturity a lot more experience so you know the the easy thing is to say well they're not producing early on and not doing this well there's a lot to learn uh both on both sides of the puck defensively and offensively and you're playing against the other team's you know best players obviously from a defensive standpoint uh capococco is going to be an amazing goal scorer he's got the kind of game that flourishes in the in the in the playoffs because he can break you down one-on-one you get the puck to him over the blue line, and he has the ability to tear you down one on one. And in playoffs, that's often what it gets down to in order to score goals. You got to get to the inside. You got to break defenses down. You got to break individuals down. And he is showing a really uh, great ability to be able to do that. And Lafreniere mm-hmm. is a super skilled player. You don't play against your peer group at the junior level and have that kind of success and not have it translate. To the National Hockey League, of course, the the players are bigger, stronger, they're mature, they're you know they're men. Uh, he's got to get used to that kind of uh, speed, the strength of the players, the subtlety of an offensive player, and, and all the things that that uh, or has to happen for a young offensive player. And uh, the Rangers are doing the right thing. They're 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 not they're not rushing him. They're putting him in the positions to be successful. And I think they're both going to be great players. Now, you're the perfect person to ask for this, Mark. You're the quintessential captain. Rangers are looking for that captain. Six players are wearing an A right now for them. How important is it to you that they finally narrow this search down and eventually put a C on somebody's jersey? Well, I, like I always say there's no one way to, uh, you know, that's absolute in, in anything in life and certainly not in sports. So can it work? Of course it can work. Has it worked? Yes, it has worked. It's been a long time since we've seen it work to to the point where a team has won the Stanley Cup. I think if you've got to go back to the 50s, if I remember, uh, to a team that's won without an actual captain. 
leadership is uh, critical to any team's success. Now, how that comes and what form that comes in, I don't think it really matters. I personally have always been on a team that's had a captain. Uh, my experiences in having success that I was lucky enough to have in the league were with captains, starting in Edmonton and through New York and, and some other areas. So obviously I'm more to the, to the point where you need a big leadership group, but a captain, um, uh, in my experiences, was, was important. Um, but I think the more important thing is whether one individual is a captain or not is the leadership is strong. Um, and, um, you know, the Rangers have identified, and, and it's hard to talk about any team unless you're actually in the dressing room and you're in the discussions mm-hmm. with the coaches. You're, you, you know what's going on. You know the players firsthand. You know what you have. So it's easy to sit back and say they should or they shouldn't or make an opinion. But, you know, it's hard to make an opinion unless you have direct knowledge of what's going on in there, and I don't have that. All I know is from my own experience, it's been, you know, successful with having a captain. But, look, at their, uh, they're, they're smart people there. They know what they're doing, obviously. Uh, they have experience, so you got to let them make the decision what they think is best for the team. Mark Messier is also now an author. No one wins alone. The book is available right now for purchase. Make a great Christmas gift for any hockey fan, Ranger fan out there. What what drove you to write the book? I had a very powerful experience as a professional hockey player. Um, I was lucky enough to be around not only great players, some of the best players, obviously the best player ever, but a lot of great players in the game. Uh, you know, great people, great character. I learned a lot. I was led by some incredible uh, leaders. Um, and I think that, you know, in retirement, looking back and, you know, you know, answering a lot of questions about leadership, it dawned on me that I didn't really have time to think about it as a player. Um, I just was so busy playing hockey. We were, you know, playing into deep into late seasons with the Stanley Cup and then Canada Cups and, you know, you just put your head down and you start, uh, you know, swinging away. But, you know, in retirement, a lot of things were kind of turning back to leadership and being asked to speak about it. I was asked to write a book many times. I didn't feel comfortable doing it because I wasn't quite sure what I had to say whether it would be interesting. Uh, I met Jimmy Roberts. Uh, Jimmy is an amazing guy. He gave me a copy of his book that he wrote called uh, uh, Breaking the Slump, which you know, it was more about the psychology of a golfer and what he would do to get himself out of a rut or she would do to get himself or her, her or him out of a rut. And uh, it really kind of triggered something in me that that's the kind of thing I want to talk about in our sport, uh, like The Winner Within by Phil Jackson, Sacred Hoot, or Sacred Hoots by Phil Jackson and Winner Within by Pat Riley, those kinds of books that kind of delve into the team spirit, uh, the um, you know, the the leadership on a team, um, the things that really kind of click the chemistry that's so important. Um, and I was fortunate to have those experiences. And so to be able to write about them and have Jimmy help me articulate my thoughts in the way that he did on, in weaving into a story is too good to turn down. And I'm really proud of the final uh, product that came out. And for some reason, I don't know why captaincy, Mark, resonates more in hockey than every other sport. You you have captains in every other sport, but why does it seem like it seems so vital and so part of the fabric of hockey in the NHL? Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, hockey is, hockey is a unique sport in that regard. Um, 
you know, I, I wouldn't say there's not intimidation in the game today because there obviously is a lot of intimidation in the game, and intimidation is a big part of it. You know, when I grew up uh, playing hockey uh, back in the, you know, the early 70s, the Broad Street Bullies, uh, intimidation was a huge part of the game. And your team had to be connected at every level just to be able to survive. Uh, so, you know, leadership and, and captaincy and... and uh, and uh, and being able to, you know, convince a team to stick together uh, at every level was massive. And as I said earlier, you know, the star players in hockey, you know, are maybe play a little over one third of the game. Some of the best defensemen obviously can play much more at certain mm-hmm. on certain nights, but it's really a team game uh, hockey uh, uh, in so many different levels that um, maybe. Because of it, the captain becomes maybe more important to, to keep everybody in tow. I'm not sure. I never played professional baseball or basketball, but I'm sure the same things apply in those sports too. But for some reason, um, you know, being able to galvanize a team is critical to any team's success. You know, and everything you do, whether it's television, now you're doing a great job with ESPN. And don't forget, coming up at 1 o'clock, we'll have the Rangers and the Bruins on ABC and then. We'll have the doubleheader on uh, ESPN Plus, and Mark's going to be a part of all that as well. Is is it the same elements that succeed on the ice, in writing a book, in front of the camera, in business? Essentially, are the same keys the same? (laughs) I think it is. In fact, we were joking the other day, No one, (laughs) the book is titled No One Wins Alone. Nobody can write a book alone, I can tell you that. Uh, (laughs) The amount of people that put their back behind... uh, the book, the collaboration, Simon Schuster, um, the marketing, the PR, the editing, uh, Jimmy, uh, the, all the people that were so giving of their time to help us remember stories and fact checking, and uh, it's it's an amazing experience uh, to be honest. And I think anything in life, any success in life, you know, is all about people. Uh, I always said that I thought I was in the hockey business for 26 years, but in reality, I was in the people business. It's all about galvanizing people, making people uh, believe in themselves, uh, you know, maximizing everybody's potential. And how do you do that? You know, what are the triggers that allow teams to kind of come together? Um, You know, we all know why we're there for hockey uh, is to win a Stanley Cup. Uh, and, and everybody works towards that goal, but everybody's motivated differently. Of course, this cup is a, is a, is a final thing that we're trying to achieve, mm-hmm. but you can have 25 guys that are all motivated to win that cup for different reasons. So, reasons. so you know, I always said instead of trying to motivate players, uh, inspire players, uh, they'll motivate themselves to get to the end goal. And I think in life in general and business, I think if you're working collectively with people, you got to figure out a way to inspire people. That's the number one priority in my experience. And I'll tell you, this will come off as both a compliment and a key to success, is that I've known you for a long time. I've interviewed you as a player. I've interviewed you right now as an author and as a television personality, and I've run into you at functions, and you're Mark Messier, and you have never been anything other than who you are. And I mean that as a compliment, and that has to be a reason why you're successful, because there, of all the things that you do, it's quintessential Mark Messier. Well, I, I learned very early uh, from you know some of the guys that led me earlier on that the most important thing a leader can have is, is consistency 
uh, I think you got to be able to trust the person that's leading you. I mean, Abraham Lincoln said, no man can govern another without his consent. And basically what he, what he was saying is that, you know, you earn the right to lead people. Uh, you don't, you're not put in position to lead people and then they turn around and automatically trust you. Those relationships have to be fostered. You have to earn the right to lead people. And you do that by getting to know them on a much deeper level than just a professional level. Uh, you earn that trust. And uh, and consistency, I think, goes a long way in that. And anybody can, you know, identify someone that is not authentic. Uh, it, it, it doesn't, it's not hard, especially in a, in a team sport like hockey, where you're together so much and you're exposed around every corner that you do, whether it's on the ice or off the ice. Uh, if you're not authentic in who you are and mm -hmm. as a person, uh, people will, will identify that very quickly and your credibility will be diminished immediately. Well, the book is No One Wins Alone, and you can get uh, more information on that at simonandschuster.com. And if you want more of ESPN+, Plus, and who doesn't? You guys are doing a terrific job, really killing it with all the hockey that you have, including 27 games that will be on the air between today and Sunday. And if you don't have ESPN+, Plus, ESPNplus.com. That's ESPNPLUS.com. And, of course, the big game on ABC this afternoon, Bruins and the Rangers, and then 3.30 on ESPN Plus, Blues at the Blackhawks, and then at 6 o'clock, Devils at the Predators. This was an absolute pleasure. I hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving weekend, and we'll be watching on television, man. Yeah, really looking forward to the game today. It should be a good one. The Rangers, Bruins always brings a little excitement. All right, enjoy it. Have a great holiday. Take care. Take care, Don. All right, thanks again to Mark Messier. Always fun to talk to him. Boy, he had a lot of great things to say about leadership. And and I didn't bring this up with Mark because he's always kind of uncomfortable about not just talking about himself, but also the relationship to any past or future captains with the Rangers. But I wonder if part of the reason the Rangers struggle with the captaincy is because of the gauntlet that was set down by Mark himself, the quintessential captain, the greatest captain in Rangers history, one of the greatest captains in all of sports. And, you know, you've seen guys like Ryan McDonough and Ryan Callahan wear the C after Mark Messier. And I remember talking to Mark and trying to make comparables with McDonough and Callahan, and he would never want to do that because he always felt like it put undue pressure on those guys. A captain has to be his own person. But just wanting to get the pick right, because you, when when you have a standard, like with the Yankees with Derek Jeter, when you set a standard, it's really sometimes difficult to live up to. And no matter what happens, you're always going to be compared to Mark. And I thought that was a pressure that Brian Leach felt while wearing the C that made it very difficult for him. Uh, at least Callahan and McDonough, it was a little bit later on. So um, there was a little bit of uh, a separation, but still it kind of lingers. It's there as a spirit that I wonder if it kind of affects or at least just adds another obstacle in trying to decide which one of these six, if not even more, will get it. Because there are many people believe that Adam Fox can be a future captain, and he's one of the guys not wearing the A. There's six guys wearing an A, and he's not one of them. So there could be as many as seven, eight candidates currently on this team that eventually can become a captain. So 
Uh, just thought I'd throw that out to Mark, and it was nice that he was able to do that for us. So enjoy all the hockey this weekend. Uh, I'll be on the call Sunday for Rangers and the Islanders over uh, at uh, Madison Square Garden, and you feel awful for what the Islanders are going through right now. They've got a game today against Pittsburgh, trying to snap a seven-game losing streak all in regulation. They're just decimated by not just uh, COVID, but also injuries as well. So we'll see if they're going to be able to get off the mat and just a lot of great hockey. And um, well, I hope you enjoyed the Mark Messier interview. We'll be back with you again on Monday. Hopefully we'll be able to hook up with EJ Raddick, recap what is a very busy weekend. And this is the stat that we got to throw out all the time. Since the salary cap era, which began after the lockout that canceled the 0405 season, teams in the playoffs after Thanksgiving make the playoffs 77% of the time. So if you're sitting there in a playoff spot, you feel good. If you're outside looking in, a little bit tough. Hey, listen, it's it's just a stat. It doesn't really mean a lot, especially since we started a little bit later. Maybe we should wait until, I don't know, December 1st or maybe December 5th before we start talking about that stat again because we started a little later. But it does tell you that after you get to a certain number of games and some teams have played already 20, that uh, it's very difficult with all these available points, with that third point, with the shootout and the, and the overtime, that it's difficult to to sometimes get out from under and make up a lot of points in a short period of time. So uh, hopefully uh, the teams that are in will take advantage of that and the teams that are out can kind of buck that trend. So we'll be back with you again on Monday. Want to get in touch with me? Best way to do that is at Don LeGrenka, hashtag game misconduct. Thanks again to Mark Messier for taking some time out for us. Back with you again on Monday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LeGrecca.